Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Bible, please take one from the information desk with our compliments. If you, if you don't have access to one at all, you would be really welcome to have one. But turn to it in your phones or on your Bibles, all the, um, the words will come up on the screen. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And then flip over to the following chapter, Matthew 19, verse 13. He says, then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. This is a fairly well-known story, isn't it? And it's sort of up there with the nativity scene in terms of sort of nice, smiley Jesus with lots of children around him. Um, You might have, yeah, it's sort of this kind of picture from a Sunday school children's Bible. But we can rarely kind of, we can see this and then really get beneath the surface and beneath the skin of what's really happening. So in, um, today, I want to look at two main things. Firstly, is Jesus's character in relation to children. And then secondly, just what our response is like to Jesus in childlike trust and dependence. So firstly, it's important to remember that children in Jesus's time, they weren't necessarily regarded as particularly special They might have been endearing to their own parents, but they weren't recognised in society at all. In today's culture, we put quite a lot of importance on children and their worth, don't we? But in that society, in Jewish culture, in that day, they didn't see see children in positive terms. This picture of, of Jesus taking a child into his arms, and it had such care and concern, that was just never heard of in the ancient world. And children, along with women with old men, with slaves, they were viewed as weak burdens on society. They had little value to the wider community. And in Greece and Rome in particular, it was really well acceptable practice that you'd just leave your unwanted children on the side of the road. So Jesus was really countercultural, um, And the disciples most likely, they probably were rebuking the um, parents from bringing their children to Jesus, not because they were unkind, but just because it wasn't really proper to bring them to a teacher. It wasn't kind of socially acceptable back then to kind of interrupt a rabbi. And so it wasn't kind of unkindness there, but Jesus was like, no, let the children come, because he wanted to bless them. And so Jesus loved kids. And, you know, it's so easy to get irritated by kids. I know even for me, I, I can be having a deep and meaningful chat in a coffee shop, and then there's somebody with their baby screaming next to me. It's really hard to be full of grace, isn't it? When you're kind of wanting to have a deep chat. But Jesus got irritated when people tried to keep the kids away. 
He always had time for children. And you see right the way through the New Testament, there were so many times when he had time for children. So if you think about the feeding of the 5,000, he used a little boy and he used his loaves and fishes to kind of bless the multitudes. Or he, there was this time when um, a, there was a guy called Jairus and he, he said that his daughter was really sick and then she ended up dying. And Jesus made time to go out of his way to, his, to her place. He just went into her room and just said, little girl, get up. And he brought her back to life. Or there was a time in the temple where Jesus was doing all these amazing miracles. And apparently the kids were really rowdy and they were shouting out. And, they were, and the priests were getting irritated. And they were like, don't you hear what the children are saying? And he's like, no. From the, Jesus says, have you never read from the mouths of children and infants you have created praise? So it's just so incredible the, the heart that Jesus had for children all throughout the New Testament. I always think it's a, a really endearing and intra- attractive quality in a man when they're good with kids. You know those guys that kind of have kids hanging off them, and a bit like the Pied Piper. And um, I love the fact that Jesus loved kids. I, I, it makes me imagine that he was kind and playful and safe. Because kids don't go to people that aren't like that. They don't go to the, the scary stern people do they they go to the men that are safe or the people that are safe and they loved hanging around with Jesus and Jesus even identifies with a child he says in Mark 9 he wrapped the child in his arms and said to them whoever welcomes a child in my name welcomes me so we have the opportunity to welcome him as we interact with children what an incredible privilege And secondly, Jesus uses a child of what our faith could look like and says that we're to become like a child. There there are so many attributes that we can think of when we think of little children, but what, what I want to talk about is this ability to trust, this ability that children have to trust. And I think this, this um, ability that children have to trust God as a father is just so vital. It affects every area of our life. In um, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And you see, in order for us to trust God, we have to not lean on our own understanding. But then for us to not lean on our own understanding, there has to be a transformation in our heart where we actually believe that God's trustworthy. The, the message version of this verse, I think it's on there. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one that, that will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Don't you just love that? That would change our lives if we actually believe that. When we were created, we were created with this incredible ability to trust. When we were little babies, our hearts were open to our parents. We were trusting them whether, whether or not they were actually trustworthy. And God originally created us to have really trusting hearts. And so when our little hearts were open, God's intent was that parents would give us what he designed them to give us. And that was to love us with a father's love and to love us with a mother's love. But often because of their brokenness, they couldn't love us the way that we needed to be loved. 
And so for many people, childlike trust is broken at an early age. And then if that trust is broken, it's so easy to then become hypervigilant or become anxious and to trust in ourselves. And I just really believe today that the Father wants to come and give us an invitation to really trust us again. Sorry, really trust him again. Jesus says in John 14, verse 1, he says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So you see, trust is a really big deal in the kingdom. And faith and trust, I think, they're just like interlinked. You can't really believe something that you don't trust. You can't have faith in something if you don't trust. And trust is like this relational way of describing faith, that we trust in God with all our hearts. I remember when I was a child, I used to really trust my older sisters. And um, they, they, had, they reckoned that they had devised a way of measuring feet. And um, they would get me to put my foot up against this wooden door in our kitchen and count the grains of wood on the door, and then used to tell me what size my feet were. And I used to just be amazed at their brilliance, because they knew what size my feet were. I didn't know they'd been chatting to my mum and trying to get the, my feet size before I actually went up there. But this went on for years, like years. I used to say, what size are my feet now? And I used to go and put my foot against the door. And they used to tell me. I mean, some people might call that gullible. I just, uh, I just call it very trusting. But when our kids were little as well, they used to just fling themselves off the side of the swimming pool or off the stairs, and they used to just trust that we would catch them. They had complete confidence. As they grew older, again, they realized that I probably wasn't Wonder Woman, and I probably might not be able to always catch them. But I think the main thing about children and their trust is just that everyday total dependence that they have on the adult that's looking after them. They know that they totally need your help. They know that they need you to pick them up when they're tired of walking. They know that they need you to strap them into their car seat or get them out of their car seat. They know that they need you to change their nappy. They know that you're going to be the one that cuts up their food or um, reads a story to them when they're scared of monsters in the middle of the night. And they understand that and they're fine with that. And they depend on you, and you're ha- you happily, as, that, as the adult, you happily take that responsibility. And so Jesus is saying, just as a little child is happily dependent on their parent, so we should be dependent on him. The way to greatness is to be childlike. The way to be strong is to recognize your innate weakness. The way to greatness is through humility. I love, I love it when you see like great dads, like really healthy dads walking with their little kids. And um, they just, whatever little worries that the kids have, they know that as soon as they tell their dads, it's all going to be fine. You know, whether it's just they're scared or something, whether they're just too tired. If they tell their dad, that's fine, they can just relax. And it's like their soul is soothed and they're at peace. Imagine if we actually really trusted God like that. Imagine if we really believe that God is good all the time, that he's totally trustworthy. Could you just imagine our anxiety levels plummeting? And like children who implicitly trust their parents, we can trust God. Faith isn't about knowing or doing everything right. 
It's about knowing that no matter what happens, our Father will take care of us. That trust in him, even when life is terrifying and sad and makes no sense, it's what makes a believer like a child. God loves his children. At the heart of our Christian faith is the realisation that we're utterly helpless before God. We don't have the strength of character to always do what's right. We don't have the spiritual strength to live really holy and perfect lives. We don't have the emotional maturity to always respond in love and with compassion. We're utterly helpless to live out the Christian life. We cannot do it on our own strength. And just like a baby is utterly helpless without a carer to provide for its every needs, so we're helpless before God. And true faith begins when we recognize our helplessness. And we're content to rest in that and kind of almost stop struggling. At the, um, at the Vineyard National Leaders Conference this year, there was a brilliant talk by Jay Pathak, He's a vineyard pastor over in Denver. And on one of the nights, and he talked about being at a church planting conference, and it was all about motivating people to, to plant churches and to reach this next generation for Jesus. And it was like, let's, come on, let's do it. Let's do this. But the, the, the guy that was speaking at this conference had five points. And I just, I love these five points. Um, the first one, he said, life is hard. Second one, you're not that important. Third one, it's not about you. Fourth one, you're not in control. And the fifth one, you will die. I mean, talk about motivating talk. And you can hear that as pretty discouraging. But I just found this incredibly freeing. Just incredibly freeing. It takes all the pressure off. My job is just to place myself before God, to ask for his presence, to be a person who walks and lives in the presence of God, to be childlike in my dependence of him. And really that it re- realize that it's not really about me. Even when people come and ask us, you know, how, how come your church has grown so fast and what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. Like God must be with us. He, it's up to him. He's doing something. It's just the grace of God in our lives. And it's just so freeing. We are entirely inadequate. And we get to be wholly dependent on Jesus for everything. And to enter the kingdom of God, we must be childlike in knowing our helplessness and our, our complete dependence on him. And having that mindset is a beautiful place to be. We're finally released from social pressures to, to succeed, and we have nothing to prove to anyone anymore. It's like total psychological freedom. Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, he says, he says in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, all for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It's just a beautiful state of mind to aim for, isn't it? That when we're weak, that's when he gets to be strong. It's so much more freeing. And when we move into that state of being, the action towards Jesus, that Jesus had towards the children, then becomes our own. So he took them in his arms, laid hands on them and blessed them. 
that blessing of Jesus on our lives as we just surrender in complete and utter dependence. I, I don't want to live like I don't have a good, trustworthy father. We have a father who we can trust wholeheartedly. And I want to live with total abandon trust to him. Children don't spend their time and their days worrying about what food they're going to eat or what clothes they're going to wear. It's not the child's responsibility to work out what food is going to be on the table. They just come to the table when they're called. And how often do we just feel that weight on our lives or the weight of the world on our shoulders? And all the time Jesus is just saying, why do you worry about what you'll drink or what you'll eat or what you'll wear? Don't you know that the Father knows all these things? And our responsibility as followers of Jesus is just to come to the table. He says there's a table set before us with everything we need. Jesus just says, what do you need? Is it peace? Is it joy? Just come to the table and feast. That's our responsibility, to come to the table. And trusting God is just simply believing that he loves you and knowing that he's good, he has the power to help you and he wants to help you. Christians, we're called believers, aren't we? But many times we're more like unbelieving believers. We might trust our friends or our bank account or our feelings or ourselves more than we trust God or what he says in his word. In John 15, Jesus says that apart from him, we can do nothing. We need to lean on him for help with everything in our lives. Jesus wants us to put him first in our lives. He wants us to put our confidence and our trust in him all of the time. It's, it's so easy, well, for me, I find it so easy to become jaded and cynical. We might have been let down by people, we've become disappointed by different things that have happened. We haven't seen the answers to prayer that we've asked for. And we can so easily start to lose our trust that God is really good, that he can be trusted. But the older I get, I want to, I want to become more childlike. I want to kind of reverse the whole kind of, I'm just a grumpy old woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to reverse that. I want to become more childlike. I want to become less cynical. I want to start believing that God is the God of the impossible. And I, I, you know, God is asking us to become like children again. I, I want to spend a few minutes in silence in a minute, just thinking about an area of life that we're anxious about. It might be an impossible situation. It might be um, grief that you're struggling with. And I want you to imagine how you would approach that situation as a child with total trust in a good father. It could be lack of money. It could be a loved one. It could be that you're scared about the future. It could be grief that you're struggling with. It, I mean, it could be so many different things, don't we? We struggle with so many different things all the time. Maybe there's a few situations that you want to, to approach him with. But what would it look like to trust Jesus with your whole heart? What are the barriers to total trust? What would it look like to bring those issues to your daddy and trust that he's good? 
So we're just going to spend a few minutes in silence, just bringing those situations before him. And I just really encourage you to use your imaginations. Just like almost imagine that you're a child running up to Jesus. And he just takes you in his arms and he says, hey, what, what's going on? So let's just spend a few minutes in that, in that silence, bringing those issues to him. Jesus, I thank you that you're so trustworthy. I thank you that you are so faithful, even when we are faithless. And I pray that if any of us are struggling with areas of broken trust, would you come with your power of your Holy Spirit? Would you pour your love into our hearts? Would you bring healing to the areas where trust has been violated? Would you convince us by the Holy Spirit that you are trustworthy? Would you give us the ability today to be able to learn to trust you with all of our hearts? And we just say we choose to trust you again this morning. We choose to open up every single area of our hearts to trust you with those things that we've held on to. To trust you with those things that we think we can do a better job with. We just release our worries and our concerns and our anxieties. We just release them into your hands. Thank you that you are always good, that you are always true to your word. Thank you for your promises that you make our paths straight when we trust in you. Thank you that we can come to you as, as kids. Thank you that it is actually not about us. Thank you that you are just such a solid rock on which we build our whole lives, that you never change, that even though everything around us can change, that you never change. You are with us always. So we're just going to spend a bit more time worshipping. If you, if you need somebody to kind of partner with you with prayer this morning, if you need to kind of, um, if there are certain areas of your life that you find it really difficult to trust God, like we'd love to pray for you. If you have any sickness in your body, we would love to pray for you for healing. 
We have seen so many miracles and we would love to, again, just pray with faith that you would be completely healed. So there's, there's nothing magic about this space down the front, but if you want to get prayer, it's just a really good place to just to be seen and be prayed for. So as we worship, just, again, just bring, bring those things before God as a little child. Just bring them to your daddy as we worship again. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.